and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Joining you for your Monday morning commute. Um, if you were listening to this after Monday morning, uh, this is our preview of the Scotland and Samoa game. Um, that's not to say that the entire podcast is probably moot by this point, but uh, may- maybe listen to the first 10-15 minutes and then after that... Um, skip ahead to the one we're going to record on Tuesday night um, as, a, as a proper post-match analysis. Or who knows, stick around and, and see whether or not we were um, we were right and, and we'd gazed in our crystal balls correctly on whether we were horrendously wrong. Um, joining me in being horrendously wrong tonight, um, we've got the two-headed beast. We've merged them back together after their rampage through Tokyo. It's Giananda here, it's John and Ian. Good evening, gents. Good evening, sir. Yeah, he spoke as one there. That was the timing was perfect. <laughs> it's like we'd practiced it almost. <laughs> um, we're going to start before we actually get into the match itself. Um, one thing that we, we, we're not going to cover on the main podcast, but we felt was worth mentioning, and and some people might not be aware of this because not everybody that listens to us is on on the social medias. Um, for people that don't know, the SRU have appointed an independent commentator who they refer to as our independent commentator, which doesn't really make it that independent uh, when you use words like our and we. Uh, and essentially what, what what the SRU's independent commentator produced was um, a match report or a kind of like an opinion piece on the Scotland Island match, would you call it, John? Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it sits firmly within the opinion piece uh, section, yeah. Yeah, an opinion piece, again, independent but littered with we's. Um <laughs> figuratively and literally um, <laughs> essentially what they are for those, it's, go and look at it, it's on the Scottish Rugby website um, you know, by all means give them all the hits um, they need to show that this was a real success um, just so they repeat it so we've got more material for future podcasts um, the replies to the tweet that went out would, would suggest that it may not be something that's repeated essentially the article went along the lines of it's the fans' fault that Scotland lost. Or, oh, no, the the reaction to the Scotland-Ireland loss is the fans' fault because we shouldn't get our hopes up. Scotland have been dire for years. That is the <sighs> official sanction, no matter how independent they say, that is the sanctioned opinion of the SRU. <laughs> <laughs> That's, they've sanctioned an article that says... Just give us your says, money and don't, don't, don't expect too much. Don't expect anything. Give us, but, but please come and you know sell out Murrayfield, but you shouldn't expect Scotland to win. It's utterly ridiculous. But so, for a bit of fun, um, because plenty of people have ranted about the thing itself, what we thought we'd do is, well, the SRU independent commentator has has blamed us fans, apparently, for, for getting overworked um, about Scotland possibly winning and, and says it's our fault that Scotland lost and that we all got so worked up about it. So what else uh, would the SRU independent commentator blame us for um john what what do you think he he would blame us for uh yes yeah, so, so the first one i have is the the change of the recipe of iron brew yeah absolutely <laughs> that's that's definitely down to us we shouldn't have absolutely yeah. have, if, if, if if we hadn't made it so successful as a yeah, national yeah. drink they wouldn't have had to change the recipe <laughs> absolutely um ian what have you got on your list of things he's blaming us for uh, first one I've got is the inexplicable popularity of pasty-faced venal troubadour Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that the, that, yeah, that's. I think that would be the fault of. Well, it's the fault of people that buy his records, and that would be the majority. It's not it's, our I mean, fault. The three of us. 
I wouldn't imagine. No, no. no. But I imagine there's quite a few people in Murrayfield though who have um, contributed to his just ridiculous popularity. Um, so we are partly, you know, some of us are to blame. Can we name and shame? Uh, is that I, what people are like Ed Sheeran? Is that yeah, just out, yeah, just, out like, in the just one like, podcast? Yeah, just like a straight out call and just like literally like have a whole section where we're just sitting going, but why? But why? Maybe Seriously. that's that's that, that's maybe next summer between the lines <laughs> between lines two is that's what we'll do next summer we'll, when we're doing a special podcast we'll just bring on some Ed Sheeran fans and have a go at them for an hour. Sheeran fans. Yeah, and just ask them why. Did you see? There's a wonderful thing if you can look up. It's uh, David Arnold, the producer. Um, redid the Blue Peter theme uh, based on a picture of a piano that Ed Sheeran drew because he'd, he'd drawn a piano keyboard wrong. So David Arnold went and re-recorded the Blue Peter theme based on the bad piano that Ed Sheeran had drawn for a Blue Peter badge. Um, and it sounded terrible. So well worth looking that up. Um, I went with the Star Wars prequels. So We got so excited about the Ewoks we should have seen what was coming. <laughs> um, John, your next one. Um, so I'm going to um, be a wee bit topical here and, and say that, again, this is the fault of the people. Um, us, uh, obviously, our failure to uphold democratic process when we chose to not call the Sir David Attenborough boat the boat he made boat face. That was our fault. That was and everything that's gone since then. We should have we should have rioted on the streets after that, really. We should have, yeah. And that yeah, might we should have, have then just cancelled exactly, and then cancelled democracy at that point. Yeah, might, might yeah. have made everything that's happened since much much more straightforward. Um, it was indicative. Exactly. Um, Ian, what's your next one? Uh, next one I'll show is hipsters. <laughs> yes, that's you different. are a hipster. <laughs> no, I'm not. Ah, oh, you so it's are. Like the the missus says I'm a pair of skinny jeans away from being a hipster. Um, but I, 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 I haven't oiled up my beard for quite some time. I'll have you know. Thank you very Ethics much, John Anderson. Blacks like a duck and walks like a duck. It's a duck. What did you have for breakfast, Ian? Uh, nothing. Uh, so hipster. Pizza. What did you have? Reheat pizza, definitely a hipster. Yeah. So hipster. Domino's That's what for, you should do. Domino's is a big chain. It wasn't like it wasn't artisanal pizza. It was Domino's. <laughs> if the if the career in journalism doesn't work out, Ian, that's what you should do. Open up a hipster uh, breakfast cafe, seven reheat takeaways in Glasgow. <laughs> Reheated doner kebabs every morning. <laughs> yum yum. Uh, my next one. Yeah, I don't see. I see. Yeah, you can have that one. I'll take five percent. Um, my next one was um, the M6. It's self-explanatory. Shouldn't drive on it. It's our fault. <laughs> Not that I'm driving it. Lots living down here, but there you go. Is that excluding the toll area, or just the, is it including the toll? That's a, that's a, that's a, both, including all and excluding it. it. All of it. It's all our fault. Um, what's your next one then, Ian? You've got uh, list. Yeah, um, I'm skipping through some oh, uh, annoying, annoying internet acronyms, which make you feel old when you have to Google them, so you can understand what's being said. Yes, I would agree with that. Does that include I M H O? I think that's. Yeah, I think that's used. That's 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 used by a, a certain generation who would have probably googled it, th- it themselves in the first place. I think that's an older generation thing. I have to. It tends to be the 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 words that the the young players use on their Instagrams. That I have to go and work out whether they're being complimentary <laughs> or insulting of one another. 
Oos. Where that came from? Everyone's calling each other Oos. U-C-E. I think it's I think it's a New Zealand thing. Oh. Apparently means brother. From what right. I can tell. Yeah. There you go. There you uh, go. John, your last one then. The last one, I'm going to go for the, the Montreal screw job of 1997. <laughs> um, Bret, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. That was our fault. We asked for it. Yes. That's, I think that's, there's, no, there's no other explanation for it. No, no explanation needed, except aside from you know, kind of random references to 1997. <laughs> it wasn't Vince McMahon's fault at all. Um, nope. Uh, we put Vince McMahon there. We paid him the money. What did we expect? <laughs> uh, Ian, go on, I'll give you one more, and then we'll move on to some rugby. Uh, um, it's the unavailability of McRibs and British outlets of McDonald's. You can get them. I had one in Germany a couple of years back. Um, I didn't actually go to McDonald's when I was in America, but uh, yeah, we had the McRib here for a wee while, and I enjoyed the McRib. And why don't we have them? Yeah. There's why? a definite theme emerging, Ian, in your. your I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of peckish, if you had Mega Max. I'm vegetarian now, but I used to love a Mega Mac, which is just it was a Big Mac with, with, with double the burgers. Couldn't get away with that these days. Anyway, I, I had the, they, they had the double quarter pounder recently, and Did I, don't, they? I just I didn't understand why they just call it a half pounder, because um, you know two quarters equals a half. Who knows that that be math, Ian? And you know that you know you've been doing the math. I'd do the math. You do the math. How are they allowed to call? I thought the EU banned them calling them pounders anyway. It'll go about the the. Hang on, so it's 454, I don't know, uh, the, the, the 114.5 gram. He's, he's trying to work well, out how many grams yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, how many grams are in a quarter of a pound? I thought that was self-explanatory. There you uh, go. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, before we get dragged into bendy bananas, uh, let's speak, I'll turn that on his head. Speaking of bendy bananas and throwing curveballs, how about that Japan and the Ireland game, lads? See what oh. I did there? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess who decided to sleep in and like, oh, uh, Ireland will win anyway, so there's no point in watching it. Um, <laughs> I've watched it now. Guess whose daughter was opening her birthday presents whilst I was trying to watch the game and she was in the way of the television <laughs> and my wife was videoing it and I was like, like well, I'm not being funny, but... Uh, well, I thought she was videoing my daughter, but it turns out no, just that that game, guys. No, uh, I was I was trying to like I was gradually putting the sound up, like I'd had it at quite a low level, and I was just gradually inching it up, and then eventually it got to the point I went too far, uh, and my wife turned around and went, "Are you are you watching the rugby today? Is is this a thing?" <laughs> um, so yeah, I started getting in trouble, but. Yeah, wow. Wow, yeah, it opens up all sorts of different permutations. So it's worth touching on this. I mean, I, for me, because I watched it last night, I kind of was following it on online because um, I was in a soft play while it was on. Nice. Oh, even grimmer. Hell <laughs> <So laughs> than... on air. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I watched it back last night, and I think with the benefit of knowing what was going to happen... You could see Ireland thought they were going to win it very early on from some of the really stupid things they were trying to do. There's some daft offload. Keith Earls was doing daft offloads. They took, you know, they 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 kicked a penalty across field rather than going between for the post. In their heads, when they walked on the pitch, they'd won the match, and that's 
I mean, that's that's the kind of thing Scotland do, not Ireland. <laughs> um, any any big takes from that? Apart from, I mean, we'll get into the mathematics of what it actually means for Scotland in a minute. But any any big takes from that? Uh, John, is it, does it make you more worried about about Japan, or do you think maybe we we were always going to take Japan more seriously than Ireland? Um, no, it doesn't make me more worried about. It. And I know again, you've had all the absolute thermonuclear uh, nonsense online of people saying, oh, look, that's what Japan actually are like, and they're going to destroy Scotland, and, you know, they're, they're going to be 80 points past us. Uh, that, was, that was Japan's big game. And I think, um, I hope, but I do actually believe that the that, that should be the end of it. And I think Scotland will still win comfortably, and then we'll be the like the biggest enemies of world rugby ever. Well, I I think I said last night on the on the group chat that we've got that I think Scotland have been playing four D chess for about the last four years by building up these links in Japan and pushing Greg Laidlaw or Mister Greg as he's known across there as, <laughs> as this kind of poster boy. Apparently, he's fought, you know, he's for people who don't know he's he's worshipped almost with godlike status in Japan. Um. Who knows why, but <laughs> there goes a lifetime of after-dinner speaking engagements for him anyway, if he's ever short of a bob or two when he retires. But um, yeah, I wonder whether or not that, that that's the secret of the SRU links with Japan is to make us more likeable, maybe. Who'd have thought it would be Greg Laidlaw? Uh, Ian, are you feeling any less hopeful about that last game against Japan, or did you see anything that might cause us problems? Um, well... Not any more problems than I thought they already would, because um, I mean we should we should have the game to sort of trouble. What they, I think they did better, although I I have to just say that I was watching it at like one o'clock in the morning, a wee bit drunk. Um, you know they play a sort of fast and loose game, and it just looked like Ireland. They didn't show that sort of aggression. They, you know, Japan would seem to. Well, we were hopeless at just actually getting past players was an issue. Um, but once they once they got Ireland sort of turned around, then Ireland were scrabbling. Um, but I think it will, you know it's going to be a looser game uh, us in Japan. So it's just it's going to be a shootout, and I think I'm hoping that we will have enough because they must have put a, a hell of a lot of effort into getting that win. Yeah. Um, and we saw it like although they've got a quite long turnaround periods, you know, we saw after South Africa. You know, they had the, the emotion of that game when they won that four years ago. Um, they didn't exactly tail off, but maybe they, they couldn't hit those peaks again. Um, so I'm hoping they've spent their, they've shot their loads, as it were. <laughs> Sent their emails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an in, it was an interesting one. It's weird. I mean, the basically, if Scotland win every game... The, or the last three remaining games with a bonus point, then we can be pretty sure that we'll go through because Alan didn't get a bonus point against us. Uh, yeah, they did. Did, did they get a bonus point? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, well, did. there we go. That's that yeah, other one. Of course it was, yeah. So Alan got a bonus point against us. Alan got a losing bonus point against Japan. Uh, we didn't get a losing bonus point against Ireland, so we we need to win the next three games with bonus points to have any hope of making the quarterfinals. The slightly good news is there was a hint today that a typhoon might <laughs> might affect Ireland's game against Russia 
which, if it is cancelled, would be recorded as a draw, which might have hilarious consequences. <laughs> let's uh, let's all keep rooting for the typhoon. Come on, weather! Um, <laughs> Did he name typhoons? Like, you know, hurricanes get names? There is actually a name for it, I think, yeah. Is that right? We'll meet you. Yeah. As soon as we've got the name, as soon as we've got the name, let's go. That's it. As soon as we've got a a name for the typhoon, we'll let you know and we'll we'll stick it on a (laughs) t-shirt. I think it's funny though, isn't it? Because having looked at some of the reaction of the Irish fans after the Japan game, you kind of thought, wow, I I don't think that can be better. I don't think that could feel any better looking at that. But just thinking about how nuclear they would go if you, if they had a drawn game because of a typhoon, I mean, <laughs> I, just, I just want to see it just for the laughs. You'd actually the be, the, 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 there would be a slight risk that Alan might then have to qualify for the World for the, Cup. For the, for the World Cup. <laughs> I know, I was going to so, make that joke about us, but yeah. yeah. Uh, can you imagine them away to Papua New Guinea or something for yeah. the next one? Be Germany and the Reaper charge or whatever they call it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, we'll turn our attention now to, um, to to Scotland versus Samoa, which is uh, kicking off tomorrow as we record this, uh, or probably today as you are listening to this on your morning commute. Um, Scotland, um, and quite a few changes in the team. Um, I'll start with the forward, maybe, probably the easiest way to do it. We've got Alan Dell, Stuart McAnally and Willem Nell, which is an, an unchanged front row. Locks exactly the same, Gant Gilchrist and Johnny Gray. Um, and then a whole new back row, one in force change, because Hamish Watson, of course, has gone home injured. We've got Bradbury at six, Richie at seven and Blade Thompson at eight. Um, I'm looking at Kevin's uh, Kevin Miller's... Um, preview head-to-heads articles uh, he has Scotland as, as as having the advantage over um, over some more the only advantage he gives is Jack Lamb over Blade Thompson and everything else he's either scoring advantage Scotland or even um, and, it, and I mean the, the changes in back row were always going to be inevitable weren't they John after the Ireland game I, I think I think they were going to be inevitable anyway um, I think I think Gregor had talked a lot before the tournament about picking, you know, picking players for specific fixtures, um, and I think that's even more evident in the backs. But certainly, I think this back rows um, it's clearly designed to move the ball around to get the get the Samoans turning, and obviously having someone like Blake Thompson, um, who who's offloading ability, you know, being able to break the line. I think we're we're looking to play fast. Uh, and loose, properly fast and loose this time instead of just a bit bonkers loose against Ireland. Um, I think I think the the performance against Ireland helped probably firm up those decisions and made it quite easy for Townsend. But I think he always had had an idea that that's probably what he was going to go with. And I was maybe a bit surprised, Ian, to see Grant Gilchrist start ahead of Scott Cummings. Um. Yeah, maybe he's, he's offering him a chance at redemption. Um, he's going to have to take it because his he's form's been a bit patchy in international colours, certainly, uh, over the last um, you know 12 months or so. But uh, Townsend seems to like um, playing Gray and Gilchrist together. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Cummings does seem to be the sort of form guy and um, certainly the... Uh, you know the piece that uh, Scrummel provided for us. Uh, you know he's he's certainly the sort of 
carrying threat uh, which we're lacking um, in the forward unit but you know maybe that's what he's hoping Bradbury and uh, Thompson as John was saying they can provide that for us and Gilchrist can get just you know do his job of adding some actual proper grunt yeah it's interesting I might I think well not Gregor Townsend but I think I would have gone for Cummings to start just to see how he handled it because we've only got two games left in the group now so you it, you know, for want of a better expression, whoever plays Russia is going to be the dirt trackers at this point. So you're looking at Toulouse and another, and this game's probably going to answer that question because whoever does performs better is going to be starting the Japan game. What three days after the Russia game is that right? We're a three day turnaround, haven't we? Yep. yep. So it seems a shame to miss the opportunity. Four. to Four day turnaround. It just seems a shame to miss an opportunity to start Cummings just to see what happens. But um, like I said, maybe it's another chance for Gilchrist to to sort of show what you can do. They, I mean, it was hard to tell from the team whether or not people had been dropped or whether they'd... It was a rotation, like you said, but there was a quote the, um, in the Daily Mail saying that he had actually dropped Barkley, which was surprising. It sort of said that John Barkley had expected to be dropped, John. Uh, that That is quite surprising. Um, I mean, you could argue he was probably the guy most suffering out there yeah and we've obviously we talked in the last podcast about you know about his um his issues <laughs> on the park and <laughs> so some of some of the, the the issues he faced but um yeah i'm i'm surprised he obviously thinks there's enough leadership out there um because what i wouldn't like to see is samoa can samoa can cause problems if they get Get front football and they can they're very direct and without some steady leadership in that pack. If we start going backwards quickly, it could all unravel again very quickly. So I'm surprised he's not there. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. It's just um, Stuart McAnally, um captain again, um, and like you said, it, it's. I mean Gilchrist at one point remember was 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 uh, Vern Cotter's first choice for captain before he had that horrendous dip in form a few years ago. That that should answer the the whole bring back Vern thing. That statement <laughs> there should sort that out. Hot, <laughs> the hot was that not when he, he didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. Was that not when he broke his arm? Yeah, like he it broke was, one yeah. arm, came back came back for the World Cup and then broke the other arm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um it was r- rumoured with two on at the time as well. He, he was, was rumoured yes. to be going there. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, before Big Brian went, um, the backs <laughs> then um, we have got uh, Greg Laidlaw at nine, uh, Finn Russell fly half, then Sam Johnson and Chris Harris at centre, then your back three of Maitland, Graham, and Hogg. Um, Harris in for Taylor. Then Ian. I mean. Um, that's probably pre-planned, you would think, because that seems to be the sort of one that, that you know, Harris did fair, well, for for Harris, Chris Harris's standards to date, Harris, Chris Harris did exceptionally well in the warm-ups. Um, yes, and I think, you know, we've already highlighted his, um, you know, the, the defensive side of his game is, uh, you know, one of his sort of trademarks. And we know that these Samoans are going to, Although it sounds like a stereotype, you know they are a, a strong physical side who will try and run through you. Um, as you know, Pete Horn um, can testify to that, because on his <laughs> debut he got absolutely mashed over by uh, one of the Tuilangi boys. I think it was Alessandra Tuilangi. And do you know who else um, got? Do you know who else got mashed on his debut against some Murrayfield? Chris Harris. <laughs> 
Well, that'll yes. learn him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's now that's that was a welcome to Test Rugby, son. He knows not to make that mistake again. So um, hopefully he's learned from that and he's uh, he's ready for the challenge this time. Yeah. I mean, and um, John, are you surprised with uh, Graham coming in for Seymour, or I, I get, can you think that's pre-planned, or do you think that's you know that that's no? The I think it, I think it, everyone's been crying out for really. Yeah, no, I think it is pre-planned, but I think it's again everyone has been crying out for it, and I think I think in if you're playing any other team in the world, first game of the World Cup, we would have played Graham Seymour wouldn't have started. Um, the reason Seymour started was for his aerial work. Now Samoa don't they don't box kick, they don't put the ball up there. You'll get away with a five foot nine winger, um, and for me, he is he's the, he's the form form player in the back three mm. um, so I think they were they were desperate for him to start but I think there was a obviously a tactical decision made against Ireland which turned out it didn't work um, you know again more fools them um, then the the replacements as we call them in Scotland they're not finishers looking at you England Daphne um <laughs> Fraser Brown, Gordon Reid, Xander Figerson, Scott Cummings, Ryan Wilson, George Horn, Adam Hastings and Duncan Taylor. No place for world's fittest prop trademark on the bench. But again, that's maybe about getting people game time. Um, Ryan Wilson, um, sort of the lone survivor, I guess, of that that, that back row against Ireland. And then um, Hastings and and Taylor and, and, and possibly, Ian, a sighting of Hornito in a Scotland shirt. Oh, how exciting! Um, because he, he doesn't seem to get much opportunities. I remember I was at the Argentina uh, autumn test last year, and Laidlaw ended up playing the full eighty. I mean, it was a very tight game, so I think Townsend wanted to see it out. But you know, you're like they're going to be tired now. Those big Argentinian lads. It was, a, it was wet as well, so it's like Hornito can go run round rocks. Um, no, I think uh, I think he'll probably start against Russia. So um, oh, yeah. if 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 we have a big enough lead built up, um, you know, say, say it's a 15-point lead or something, 15-20 point lead with 20 minutes to go. I would like to see him come on because we know how lethal he can be. Um, I don't know if you've seen Kevin's, uh, Kevin Miller's tweet about this work he's doing with some guys at Cardiff Rugby Club, the little kind of wheels, like yeah, um, expected yeah, cool. results wheels, yeah. yeah and his tr- George Horn's try him like try segment is just completely off the charts. Mm. Um, so I would obviously like to see Hornito. Um, can you? Oh my God! Can you imagine Hornito Hastings Russell? It's going to happen oh, again. Oh, I, I was just going to. I was just about to say the same thing. The Scotland have had an issue in the past with putting away um, Southern Hemisphere teams like Fiji and like Samoa. The last time they played someone was the game against Fiji at Murrayfield, where they soaked up a lot of Fijian pressure. It was really tight, but then that last 20 minutes, they stuck a ridiculous amount of points past Fiji. I think it was at 50 points yeah, I think in we the over 50, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. they reached 50, yeah. And that was the birth of... As we'd as 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 demanded by this podcast, I still I still think Gregor Townsend <laughs> listens to us, and 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 we we birthed this in his in his mind, but that it happened. Russell switched to twelve, Hastings came on at ten, and Horn came on at nine, and it was glorious because that was that try Hastings try, all three it involved. Was, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yep. 
Hon was... to Hastings to Russell and back to Hastings again. I didn't, I didn't, you... Did Hon not have a wee dart around the side as well? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. I mean, this isn't cats at a rave, this is cats at sonar. I know. This is. So it's on. I mean, you look at that and it's on. Cats at a rave is on this weekend. That's a big thing to look out for is Horn, Hastings, and and Russell all on the pitch at once. There was somebody asked us a question, uh, asked us whether or not we thought uh, Stuart Hogg was carrying an injury because he was strapped up in training. I think that's probably just fairly standard. Don't think there's anything to worry about there. I think. I would reckon Hogg will play play the full uh, time. It's just a question of what happens after that. Who needs rested? Who doesn't need rested? How they want to see the game out? But it's. I think it's on. I think there's a possibility, depending on who needs to be rested and how he shifts things about, if we're far enough ahead or if we're we have enough dominance. Catsadrave is going to happen this weekend on on Monday. I mean. I'm I'm going to call it the 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 opposite way, Cammy, because right. I think there's something to be said. No, I think I think catch at the rave will and should happen. Um, I think we have this we have this view in our heads about closing out games and doing it like let's do the controls, let's kick to the corners, let's play territory. You know, a really good way to close out a game is to put George Horn on and watch him run absolute riot round defences. Glasgow, as as you'll testify, Ian, Glasgow used him quite a lot last season as as a substitute. And the fear of in the players' eyes when you see this boy who's just electric and the amount of tries he got coming on as a sub and stuff, it, it's a great, you know, what better way to close out a three-point game than to go and score another seven? Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um yep. It was interesting. Before, um, a few people have sort of highlighted the Stuart McAnally quote, where he said, "We're not going for the bonus point win." If you read the articles, I think what he actually says is, "That's not what we're aiming to go out and do." But if with twenty minutes to go, we feel like we could go for it, we will do, which I think is probably the sensible approach, really, <laughs> given it's a must-win game. Um, a couple of things on Twitter in terms of predictions: um, Matt O'Hanra O'Hanrahan um, says uh, Scotland will win. Jason's bro. Uh, it's uh, Scotland will win but it's going to be scrappy with no try bonus he says he hopes that George Horn is given a chance to play um, somebody else has predicted where we've got them. Um, Nick Johnson said it's going to be a sweat fest in Kobe my concern is that Scotland will try too hard we need to do the basics well it's it's under a closed roof it's going to be hot <laughs> <laughs> We've plenty more heavens. Keep an eye out for that. Um, John said, "If we're going to not you, not you, John, another John." I was um, going to say, "Did I?" <laughs> he said, "If we're going to have to be the world's fastest team, we need to be playing like Japan." I'm not necessarily sure that's a good idea against Samoa, but we will see. Um, <laughs> go on then. Let's have your predictions then, um, John. Your prediction: bonus point win or scrappy thirty-one, thirty-two victory. No, it's it's going to be a bonus point when I think um, I think we're we're revering Samoa as being something they're not, and they're missing really low, and the hooker whose name I still can't remember, Ian. So you have to fill in. Uh, they're missing some two. It is. They're missing both those players. They're key players on the team. They're yeah. They're, we're going to put them away comfortably. We're going to see cats at a rave, and optimism will be renewed. 
Yep. Ian, are you as optimistic as that? Maybe not that optimistic, but um, no, I do I do see us winning with the BP. Um, the last two times we've played against Samoa, it's just been tri-fests. Um, hopefully we'll be able to shut the door on them and not make it as nervous as the last uh, World Cup match. Um, but yeah, I'll go with something like 35-15. Yeah, I think if we can... If we can pull ahead, I think it's going to be tight until the last 20 minutes. And I think we'll get a couple of tries. I'm not expecting it to be easy, but yeah. So, enjoy the game, everyone. Hope we haven't made you too overly concerned. Hope there's some reasons for optimism in there. Um, We will be back. We're recording our full match review on Tuesday night to go out on Wednesday. We're not doing it on the night of the match just because we want to give it 24 hours for news to come out of camp and things about injuries and also give us a chance to properly watch the game back and analyse it. Um, and, and I think a few people said because we did that against Alan, it actually made them feel slightly better about the result. And it does. It gives you a bit of distance. It's nice to do it. And it you, you miss a lot in the heat of the moment, we find. So, yeah, we, we're going to um, be the Tuesday night we record. So it'll be with you late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. Um, after that, we will be back um, with another full podcast with the announcement of the team for Russia then Rory and I are possibly doing um, we, we a few people demanded we do a rage pod it's like an instant match reaction podcast so we might do that for the Russia game <laughs> just because the timing works that we're both we both happen to be around immediately after the final whistle and it would lend itself to that and then um, we'll, we'll cover the Japan game uh, after that as well um, but for the meantime it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John and Ian Cheerio. Bye.